right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're still on holidays here. It's been awesome. Got to record nice and early on Wednesday morning, get to talk some shop and football at the fellas, sip on some coffee, and I don't think it gets much better than that, I'll tell you that much. But we're recording here on Wednesday, December 29th for our episode number 34, and we are officially at the finals. We're preparing you for the finals if you are lucky enough to make it there congratulations best of luck to you coming here um i know definitely myself and zach uh will be friends for now but i think we'll be foes for the rest of the week as uh we are officially facing each other in uh in i would call our home league dynasty league we're playing each other in the championship so regardless it's going to be a 306 fantasy football victory which is nice to put the feather in the cap but Zach can suck on it for this week because I'm going to be coming in hot. I was the number one, number one standing in the league, got the bye week. Zach snuck in on a, on a tie break and uh, he is knocking down champion after champion. He's, he's had to take on some, some big players in the playoffs so far. And, and he's into the finals now. So me and Zach are seeing each other in the final. It's going to be a, it's going to be a wild ride. I'm hoping Zach's players get healthy so we can actually have a really good true battle and it's not a COVID, COVID <laughs> battle you know and I mean I'm sure as everybody else's playoffs so far even battling the COVID issues too but um we're um it's gonna be a fun one might as well say hello to the fellas I've been talking about Zach here I'll say hello to Zach first what's going on yeah like you said um this is my first time in the finals in that league and uh this is where I th- I thought I would be um in May June July made a couple of moves that I thought would set me up nice for this, uh, this year, but early going, it was pretty ugly. I think I was like, Oh, and five, Oh, and six to begin the year and just snuck in. So looking forward to hopefully beating you, Jordan, but, uh, <laughs> if not, uh, at least maybe we could do some side bets where I recoup some money. Yeah. Those, <laughs> um, those moves, unfortunately were made with me. I, I traded Terry McLaurin for Austin Eckler with some other contingencies involved in there, but, I will not be starting Terry McLaurin and I'm going to watch Austin Eckler absolutely dunk on me. I'm, I'm imagine <laughs> here in, in the championship week, but in that trade, I ended up getting moving McLaurin, uh, getting McLaurin, sorry, and Zach's first for Eckler. And there's some other pieces involved too, but this is the weirdest situation ever. So because I own Zach's first at the season end, it was the one Oh five. He finished in the, the six spot made playoffs, but now how it works is if you win the league, your pick automatically becomes the last pick of the first round. That's just the way it works. So right now it could be the worst loss in absolute fantasy football history, because if I lose, not only do I lose the championship to Zach, but my first that I've acquired from him goes from the one Oh five to the one ten, the very last pick. So it'd be like an absolute slap in the face, losing to him. And then I get a crap here first round pick. So it's a, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm hoping everything works out for myself, but we'll, um, we'll have to post a little bit of uh, some, maybe some social media content between the battle of Zach and I here on this one, but I, uh, I've been making some memes and putting them in our, uh, in our group chat in that dynasty league. Oh man. It's so funny. It's that uh, grim reaper meme where he goes from door to door and I've been putting all the, all the managers names that Zach's been chipping away. Oh, I, every time I put it in there, I get a good laugh, but I don't know if I'm, I can put my name on one of those ones. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. It's a, uh, maybe it might be a fantasy bad luck, but we'll see. Anyhow, we'll say hello to our other co-hosts and we'll get the ball rolling here. Armin, uh, how's, uh, how, how's holidays treating you and uh, what's, uh, what's been keeping you busy? 
Oh, you know, holidays have been good. I'm back at uh, my parents' farm and wish I could enjoy the, the farm outdoor life right now, but it is freaking cold. It's uh, if you're not from uh, Saskatchewan, you, you might not know these weathers, but uh, this morning it was minus 35 without the wind chill this morning when I woke up and uh, I don't even know what it was with the wind chill. I just got to stay inside, drink coffee all day, talk to you guys about football. Yeah, that's not not a bad day either. I can't yeah. can't complain with sipping and coffee and talking football. <laughs> Um, we'll, uh, we'll get this thing going here. First of all, um, just if you were, if you made it to the finals, congratulations. I know this has been an absolute wild ride. Not only is the playoffs a stressful time and, and do or die, obviously, if you talk about all the time, but adding all this COVID nonsense in there and last minute, last minute pullouts of, of your rosters and trying to find, um, some <laughs> viable options. It's been, uh, it's been a difficult playoff season this year for sure. Hopefully uh, so- you didn't have to play Ian Buck folks. Yeah. Yeah. Zach and Armin both, uh, both had to play Ian Buck. Uh, it ended up working out for Zach. He ended up having a huge game from his, his uh, stud of the week. He's going to go over here, but uh, Ian Buck definitely was doing his best to try and sink that ship for sure. Oh man. That final was awful for me. Yeah. You, uh, I have Jackson and then I picked up Huntley to re- replace him while Jackson was out and then Huntley goes down and Oh, I ended up it being being dynasty. There's no one to stream, so I was left with good old Ian Book, who was on my taxi squad from the beginning of the year. Yeah. Welcome to the NFL. Throw number two reminded me of Sam Darno against the Lions. First, was it second? <laughs> I think his was his first pass, though, first career pass. Maybe it was a second. I can't remember, but um, man, talking about bad beats. Me and Armin were both making a push for the championship in our one dynasty league. And I, I talked about on the podcast the last time how I lost to Zach by under, I think it was half a point I lost to you by Zach, maybe even less than that. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but in this other dynasty league we're in, it's a really fun league. It's um, 16 teams, best ball. There's a lot of weird rules. Uh, best team gets home field advantage. You get a free six points. There's a lot of quirky rules. This one, we're all three in the same league. And I lost in that league by under a point again. Uh, he had the six point free advantage. He doesn't have a quarterback, like truly does not have a quarterback. So every week he picks up the COVID quarterback of the week and he ended up picking up that Josh Johnson from Baltimore and he dunked on me getting 16 points. I was hoping for some negative points as they got smoked by, uh, by Cincinnati, but unfortunately did not make the finals. Another bad beat for Jordan, but this one was a semifinal one. So it hurt, uh, hurt even more, but two finals, one, one for the money and one for a first round pick. So I can't complain. Still get to play some fantasy football. So things, things could always be worse. That's for sure. Um, getting into our, our, uh, insiders and headliners, just before we start that big congratulations to Connor Fox and to, uh, Tyler rock. They are the two finalists in our 306 fantasy football charity league, our, our inaugural league. Uh, so one of those two gentlemen are going to be walking away with a signed Jersey this season. Um, they were, they're always battling for those top three positions throughout the entire league. Uh, so it's only fitting that those two gentlemen are going to be seeing each other in the finals. So both very, very strong teams. Uh, it's going to be an inter- interesting and a very entertaining, uh, finale. So congratulations, fellas, and good luck this week. Uh, insiders and headliners. We'll start off this one here. Uh, I imagine if you're a fantasy football fan, you're a football fan. Uh, there's a very good chance that you were a fan of this individual, uh, playing maybe the video games or just watching football in general, but John Madden, legendary John Madden passed away yesterday uh, at the age of 85. 
Uh, I was a huge Madden fan. I was actually a Madden fan before I was an NFL fan. I uh, played the game, but didn't really watch the sport. Um, so for for myself, a, a late bloomer into the NFL, uh, this was uh, Madden. He's obviously one of the more legendary individuals when you think of the NFL. Um, if you look at his resume, it's, it speaks for itself of why uh, why he was the guy he was. But I imagine you both were Madden fans as well, too. Video game I'm speaking more to than obviously. I mean, you were obviously a Madden fan if you're an NFL fan, but were you, were you guys the uh, video game fans as well, too? Or Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw this morning that his last broadcast was the 01 Super Bowl, um, which was like right around the time where I started watching football. So like you said, I never got to uh, witness or really appreciate him as a, as a color commentator, as a broadcaster, but absolutely. Um, the Madden games always came out right around my birthday in August. So that was always a, a slam dunk, easy gift for my parents to pick up um, for me for my birthday. And uh, it was like, it's definitely part of my childhood. That was the no brainer uh, game after school with my buddies, like you guys want to get together. Yup. Don't even ask what we're doing. You already know you're grabbing some Kool-Aid jammers and you're heading downstairs to the <laughs> PlayStation or the Xbox or whatever your buddy had. Um, a lot of, a lot of fond memories. Uh, definitely my favorite, uh, one of my favorite video game franchises for sure. Um, and it's just interesting seeing on Twitter, um the different people like the different generations of people talking about what he means to them um a lot of like the older generation of the nfl they know him as a coach or as the broadcaster but us you know 20 30 year olds we know him as the as the video game so yeah definitely uh impacted a lot of people throughout the generation so um, that's a lot more than most people can say. So kudos to, to him for having such a, a notable career and a notable life. EA sports, Madden 23, make it happen. You got to put his face <laughs> on the cover for the next yeah. Madden. You got to make it happen. I saw a, uh, a mock-up. It's the, it's the picture of John Madden, black and white. He's got to be like 30, um, being carried off the field. I think, you know, yeah. it must've been like a playoff game with, yeah, the, Madden 23 script across it looked pretty sharp. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah, and it was like it was like Living Legend Edition or something stupid. Yeah. So EA Sports, cool. you don't even have to do anything. It's already made for you. Just you got to hit that Control X, Control V, this copy paste. It's on there. And you already know they're not changing the game mechanics, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been the same for the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, this is the easiest year of their lives. They don't even have to contact anybody. Yeah, and they don't have to worry about the Madden curse for nobody. Yeah, <laughs> every, every NFL player is gonna have a stud year next year. Yeah, just put the just put the rookies on there, change a few free agents around, and yep. bingo, bangle, bongo, you're exactly. done. Exactly, print printing money, easy peasy. Yeah. Um, talking about uh, we talked about COVID or COVID mania a little bit earlier. Um, this might be uh, the COVID mania is still gonna probably impact you a little bit here as the week progresses. But if it hit earlier, there's a good chance that um, you might have your players back here. NFL Network's Tom Pelissaro reported that uh, the NFL informed clubs that the unvaccinated players who tested positive for COVID-19 in recent days are now going to be eligible to, for Sunday under the new protocols provided by their symptoms uh, have improved, obviously. Um, so now the new protocol has been put in place by the NFL where if you are testing positive, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, your turnaround time is going to be a lot quicker. 
And as you're listening to this podcast, you may have noticed that you may have got some notifications on your phone, on your platforms that, hey, this person has been promoted from COVID IR to healthy. And that's because now with the new protocol, players are going to be coming back off of the off of the um, COVID IR list a lot faster. So players like, um, who are we talking about? Um, Dalvin Carson Cook. Wentz. Carson Wentz, even a bigger one. Like Dalvin Cook, he missed the last week. He's back right now. They just elevated him. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, Cole Beasley, they've all been elevated now. But another one like Carson Wentz, who maybe in a dynasty league or a deeper league or whether you're lying on Jonathan Taylor, maybe, um, he was put on the COVID IR list about three days ago, two days ago. And maybe I'm trying to remember exactly what day it was. Regardless, in the previous protocol, he'd have been done Sunday, not playing. Now, Indianapolis, who is fighting for a playoff spot, is going to be starting Sam Ellinger or insert name that doesn't really matter, right? But now with the new protocol, um, Carson Wentz, as long as he symptom, symptoms uh, alleviates and he's good to go, he could be lifted Sunday and he could be good to go and play um, for a very, very pivotal game against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So this is an interesting change of events, I guess, for the NFL. Um, unfortunately, for a lot of fantasy owners, you're kind of saying, like, how come we couldn't have done this two weeks ago? I could have played all my players, but <laughs> that's just the way it goes, right? But um, what what can we anticipate here? So say, for example, um, if you're the Carson Wentz owner, are you going to be just ready to roll with that Carson Wentz? Or are you, or are you hoping that um, that he'll be back ready to go Sunday? I mean, like, it's it's definitely different from how we've been talking about COVID players the last two weeks. Um, but now, obviously, um, maybe some of the COVID stress might be alleviated. Let's make one thing clear, though. The, uh, the NFL saw uh, Taysom Hill go down with COVID, and they saw Ian Book start, and they're like, we're not doing this again. Monday, we're not Monday, doing this. <laughs> Monday night spotlight, and they're like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw caution oh. to the wind. Yeah. Let's just shorten How this How does down. that look for Book? I, I didn't watch the whole game, and I was telling saying this in our group chat here, but, man, it seemed like the Saints, Sean Payton just went and was like, mm, he can run our full offense. Like, it doesn't matter. We're not going to change anything. We're just going to run our offense. Like, woof. Yeah, you had a short turnaround with uh, a very inexperienced quarterback. So, I mean, tough look for, for him. He kind of got just thrown to the wolves. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a tough look for sure. But to answer your question, Jordan, um, you know, what are, I don't think the chances are very good that uh, you're in the finals this week and Carson Wentz is your only quarterback. Yeah, you're in trouble. But uh, if, you, if you are in that position, whether or not he comes off the COVID IR on Sunday or not, I, I think it would be bad, bad practice to, uh, to not have a, a backup on your on your roster whether that's a a Tyler Huntley or or somebody else who's just kind of kicking around like a Trey Lance maybe Davis somebody, Mills Zach yeah absolutely <laughs> somebody that's just putting puttering around on the on the waiver wire that you can pick up either whether it's you know insurance for Wentz not playing or possibly a better alternative to Wentz yeah I agree uh, because even though the protocol changed and you could see guys coming back quicker, you still don't know when they'll be coming back. Yeah, like look at look at Travis Kelsey. He should be elevated already because with the new protocol, he should be off because he missed the past week. He's still on protocol, so that, that probably means he's still having symptoms or he's still battling 
right? So you looked mm-hmm. at Tyreek Hill. He was elevated just before he played. Didn't do very good, right? He had a tough week. But Travis Kelsey didn't uh, test out. He had to remain on the protocol. Now you're looking at Dalvin Cook. You're looking at Gabe Davis. You're looking at these unvaccinated players. Uh, Travis Kelsey is vaccinated, and he's still not elevated. So you're looking at a situation where even though the new protocols come in place, he's still on he's, – he's marked as questionable, but they elevate him off the protocol to be able to um, possibly play him. Didn't work out because you can only have some the, – the time you have to elevate them, right, to be able to put him in. He's still not marked as – back and ready to go he's still marked as questionable with COVID symptoms so it's, uh, it's definitely something you still have to monitor even though the protocol has changed you still have to be symptom free you still have to test out you still have to do these these things but oh man it's um it's tough going into your playoff situation where you might not have your studs but that's been everybody's playoff situation so far this this fantasy season which is like I mentioned at the start of the episode it's it's difficult <laughs> makes it even harder when you're looking at starts at decisions that could help you maybe hinder you, you know, like uh, flip a coin, but then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, well, Byron Pringle throwing you in the lineup and hoping for the best. If you, if you happen to do that, it worked out. But um, those are those are tough calls because when you're projected for 2.2 points and you end up putting 26, that doesn't happen all the time. Tyreek Hill gave that doctor one look and the doctor's like, he's clear, he's yep. good. Yep. Sorry, sorry, Tyreek, you can play. I'm sorry, yeah. Mr. Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talking about elevations off of IR here. This is an interesting one. So Daryl Henderson, uh, he played one snap, two snaps. I think it was in that game, um, took a pretty nasty tackle. Uh, he tried to stiff arm and ended up kind of uno reverse on him. It didn't go very well for him. Uh, so he's been put on IR now with a knee sprain, but before that, um, Cam Akers was activated off the IR, which is absolutely unbelievable to think about that. He tore his, uh, tore his Achilles during preseason workouts and now is officially activated and could play, I suppose, this upcoming week. Um, the the reason everybody kind of got hot and bothered was like, oh my God, Cam Akers has been elevated. He's, he's ready to play. Well, no, like he wasn't. He was still healthy, scratched. But the reason for elevation was for pension reasons, which was obviously um, a real like tip of the cap kind of thing for the Rams to do as a real class act. Um, they elevated him so because you need three games to have that season count towards your pension. Uh, so they activated him for those three games. So then this season would count toward Cam Akers pension. Um, now, whether he plays or not, I know there's rumors they're saying they're prepping him for a playoff run that he might see the field this week. Um, I'm interested to hear your guys' takes. I know Armin was a huge Cam Akers fan. Like to me, if you set the bar at 10 touches, I'm hammering the under for sure. Like I can't see him getting 10 touches, but if he plays this week, he's going to obviously get a little bit involved and make sure that he can handle a workload before the playoffs. That's kind of what they're talking about, but I can't see him getting a full workload. Like I see people picking him up on waiver priority that they want to play him this week. And I think that's an, a huge mistake, but I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. I, I would agree. You know, with the Henderson injury though, it does like throw a little bit of a wrench in, into uh, what, what uh, we're thinking here with him not actually being ready to go. Um, but, you know, Sony has shown serviceable in the few touches and times that he's had playing time this year. So, um, and the Rams are, have been safe with Akers from even last year. They were safe with him, right? They um, they learned their lesson with Todd Gurley running him into the ground and, and ending his, uh, or destroying his knees so quickly. Um, I think they, they learned that lesson and they're applying it to Cam Akers and they're, he's a guy that they're looking to for the future, so they're not going to risk um, risk him in the in next year or the years after that to do that. And even just the 
if they're elevating him for pension reasons, right? That's showing you that, yeah, this is a guy we want to invest in. Let's, let's guy. Him, right? make him want to stay here, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I like I know Zach's going to talk him talk about him a little bit later on in the episode, but it's the only way I see him getting a lot of touches is if for some reason COVID IR happens and Sony Michelle doesn't see the field, right? Like Sony Michelle very well could be a league winner this upcoming week here, but um, definitely something interesting to consider. And maybe we'll save Zach's take here because I know he's got a, a few comments he wants to throw out there later in the episode. But talking about torn Achilles, uh, Cam Akers coming off of it, um, James Robinson, uh, torn Achilles. Now he is going to be unavailable, obviously, for the remainder of the year. Probably unlikely for next year. Very tough situation for undrafted uh, free agent, budding star in the NFL. Now, unfortunately, um, his opportunity is going to be a, an extreme uphill battle to to return to the NFL, let alone play in the NFL, but become that starting position again. Um, so if you were somebody like Armand in a keeper league who drafted, uh, name is escaping me here, um, you took Travis him Etienne. Etienne. Yes, thank you, Etienne. You took him in like the 16th <laughs> round in a redraft league, looking really smart and talking about the same thing. Zach did that with uh, uh, Zach did that. I think it was a 15th, 16th round with Acres as well. The guys are looking real smart doing that because now those two are potentially coming back off some injuries and 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 penciled into potentially starting roles again. So tough news for James Robinson. Um, best of luck to him with the recovery. Before it was kind of a death sentence if you're running back with the torn Achilles. Now you're seeing Cam Akers make that comeback potentially. We haven't seen it happen yet, but I mean, it was um, a very fast turnaround, something we've never seen before. So for James Robinson, fingers crossed that maybe he can do the same thing and, and make a return soon. So very tough situation. Um, obviously, Jacksonville season is over. It was over a long time ago. So, um, but this might be um, something definitely to monitor in the offseason if, if he can progress kind of same, same situation as Cam Akers. But uh, Travis Etienne's going to be a name we'll be throwing around lots in the offseason, I think, coming up here for sure. At least, too, with Robertson, that uphill battle won't be too bad um, as it would be for other undrafted free agents in that the team around him seems to like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. A um, couple last ones here before we continue on and, and get through some of our content here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, is, his start is in question now this upcoming week uh, with a fractured thumb on his throwing hand. Um, obviously, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo struggling when he's healthy, let alone having a fractured uh, an appendage on your throwing hand. Um, so his start is going to be in question for the San Francisco 49ers, which means it might be a rookie sensation time here to step in and Trey Lance be able to show you what that draft capital is worth. That's the, that's the talk of the town right now. It's a, it's a huge conversation in the NFL and among fantasy. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I was listening to a podcast and they talked about how everybody's hot and bothered to get um, Trey Lance in and they want to be able to stream them and start them and, and potentially win your fantasy season with Trey Lance and how awesome that'd be. But they talked about the contrarian. And this is something that I think is really interesting to promote uh, was that what does this mean for, staples in your lineup that have been getting you through the season like Debo Samuel like George Kittle right we've seen him we've seen them Trey Lance start once and obviously we know that Trey Lance running quarterback that's how he's going to get it done but what does this mean for guys like Debo Samuel who's having a career year guys like George Kittle 
um, who is obviously going to be in your starting lineup as your tight end, top five tight end in the NFL. What does it mean for those guys? Are they going to see the targets? Rookie quarterback, is he going to check his reads or is he just going to run, right? We don't know. It might be good for Trey Lance and guys that want to put him in the lineup. But for guys that have been relying on fantasy studs this season, what does that mean? And uh, I know, Zach, you got George Kittle in your lineup. I'm curious to see what uh, your what your consideration would, could be. So uh, I think at the, at, the, at the top of the show, I mentioned that I am in two dynasty finals. Um, one of them, I have George Kittle. And in the other one, um, I made the final largely because of Debo Samuel. Um, so this is something that I'm definitely sweating a little bit, um, you know, banking on Trey Lance to support uh, George Kittle in one league and Debo Samuel in another league. Um, so when I when all this kind of broke, all this news about Garoppolo broke, I started looking at Trey Lance's uh, stats from earlier on in the year. Um, in week five, he started against the Arizona Cardinals. And in that game, he attempted 29 passes, uh, completing 15 of them for just shy of 200 yards. Um, do I think that'll be the case um, this week? Uh, quite possibly. Um, not like a high volume passing game, but definitely not a low passing game either. Um, what I do suspect, though, is the 49ers have shown the ability to get their studs involved, especially Debo Samuel, in a number of ways. Um, they get Samuel involved in the downfield passing game, in the short area passing game, uh, screens and quick hitters behind the line of scrimmage, which are essentially handoffs just out of the, out of the tackle box. Um, and then they have shown the ability to hand the ball off to Samuel on jets, on tosses, and, you know, a standard handoff behind the quarterback. So I don't think it's going to be a detriment to Samuel as much as it is a detriment to somebody like uh, Jennings or Ayuk, um, who more rely on getting the ball downfield. Um, Kittle is somebody that's uh, maybe a little bit more nervous about, but I think having Kittle in that short area, uh, you know, zero to three yards down the field is, is kind of where Kittle gets a lot of action anyways. So that's not something that I'm super, super worried about. Um, feel quite confident with Samuel, a little less confident with Kittle. I would have much less confidence with Ayuk. I think the ceiling for my opinion, at least the ceiling is capped with Kittle. Like he's not going to get those downfield big plays that Kittle very well has potential for, but mm -hmm. at least like the receptions I think are going to be safe because he is the check down valve, right? Like if you look downfield, like you mentioned to Iuka Jennings, it's not there. You're going to hit your check down or you're going to bail. The problem is with, with a quarterback with that kind of wheels, is his check down going to be the read check down to Kittle or is his check down going to be, it's not there, hit the jets, which he is very capable of. Right. So that's, that's going to be the, the Sunday story is, is he going to hit the check down like most quarterbacks or at least immobile quarterbacks would, or are we going to see him wheel around for 150 rushing yards? It's, it's going to be, I think one or the other, I don't think there's going to be a happy medium. In his week five start, the only start that we have to go off of, um, like I said, uh, 29 pass attempts um, to go along with 16 rushing attempts. So 
you know, that, that, that is quite possible that he does rely on his legs, but it's not like he's going against a, a vaunted defense. He's going against the Texans, um, which is as good as it can probably get for a rookie quarterback uh, going into his second start. And uh, I do plan on talking a little bit more about this later on for my, uh, my upset of the week. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's definitely a good matchup for Trey Lance to get, uh, get his feet wet, as it were. As long as he doesn't watch what Justin Herbert did, I think he should be fine. <laughs> uh, one, one last piece of uh, news to talk about here. Uh, I was kind of expected, maybe not expected for him to go this extent, but uh, Adam Thielen, who was unexpected to play with the injury, um, he has went under season-ending injury or season-ending surgery. Sorry, so he has now been placed on the IR. And even if um, the Vikings miraculously figure out how to clinch that last playoff spot, um, they will be without Adam Thielen for the remainder of the season. So um, most likely was not in your in your fantasy lineups regardless this uh, this last week. But um, even if uh, even if you are looking from out the fantasy lens and maybe the NFL lens like Armin would be, obviously he's a Vikings fan. Uh, this is a tough situation for a team that's making that playoff push. They are outside looking in. It's going to be a tough uh, battle for them to try and clinch that last spot, but uh, they will be without their veteran wide receiver. So maybe not so much you know, fantasy, but a little bit of the football news regardless. Armin, you had two cents there? Uh, you know, I, I like Thielen and everything, but uh, KJ Osborne in, in spot start duty here, replacing Thielen here and there throughout the season already has been looking pretty good. I even have him in a dynasty league and I've been playing him regularly and he, he has not disappointed. So um, KJ Osborne will, will step up. He'll take that, that spot and he'll fill in uh, admir- admirably. Um, he might not have a monster game that Thielen is capable of, but he'll at least be able to um, keep uh, Jefferson from being uh, too smothered by defenses. That um, that Sunday nighter game is supposed to be cold, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Because we talked about um, uh, we talked about it before the podcast we started uh, recording there that when it's that cold, the under hits I think was like ninety percent of the time. And it obviously when it's that cold, it's very difficult, the passing game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Vikings. And now with Dalvin Cook being activated, what his snap share or his uh, his um, touches are going to look like. Uh, obviously with a team that's going to be diff- – it's going to be difficult to pass the ball regardless on both sides of the ball. Uh, so it'll be interesting. That'll be a fun one, especially with fantasy championships on the line. Um, when, when there's another variable added, at least it's not going to be super windy. Uh, it doesn't look like it at this point, but uh, the weather is definitely something to, to be worrisome for that, uh, that football game for sure. All right, so that'll wrap up our insiders and headliners for this week. Um, going to go into our weekly recap here with our studs and duds, and then we're going to talk about some uh, tough decisions that you're going to have to make to be able to win your fantasy championships this, this, uh, this season. So uh, I'm going to recap here with my stud. And this was, um, this was a tough pill to swallow. I made this decision in my, my main league, my big dynasty league that uh, I was fortunate enough to make the championship in, uh, but it was not on the back of this player because uh, I had the tough decision to whether to decide to start this player or bench him coming off the IR last minute addition and in the Thursday night matchup. So I was willing to bench him even if he had a big week and eat it, but it was still a tough pill to swallow because he had a monster, monster week. And that was A.J. Brown, wide receiver from the Tennessee Titans. Now, we've seen the Tennessee Titans pass game take a significant dip 
uh, since AJ Brown was put on the IR. Obviously, Julio Jones was on the IR, off the IR, injured, um, not seeing a lot of target share, et cetera, et cetera. So that that um, receiving core uh, was depleted for a majority of the season. But now we have AJ Brown back, and it was well. Is he going to have a full target share? Is he going to have a full workload? Is um, is it going to be what you want for your semifinals? So if you had good options, maybe just bench him and just take the take the L if he booms, which he did in a big way. 16 targets for 11 receptions, 145 yards, and one score for 26.0 points. Now, not only is that a huge week, 16 targets, that is unbelievable. 11 receptions is great. 145 yards is huge. But he shared a 75% target share amongst wide receivers. So almost every time uh, Tannehill went behind the center, dropped into the pocket, it was just, where is A.J. Brown? And I'm going to launch this ball up there. There was one time, I think it was on the touchdown uh, reception. I can't remember here off the top of my mind here. I was at my parents' house for Christmas. Me and my dad were watching the game. We were playing some cards. And that ball got launched up. And I think it was in a double or triple coverage. A.J. Brown goes up, catches the ball, touchdown. I was just like, I mean, I love to see it because A.J. Brown's back. He's healthy. He's huge target share. But these points are all on my bench. Uh, so if you had the gusto to play A.J. Brown, Excellent, good for you, and you got to reap the rewards of a monster 26.0 points in your semifinal matchup. So my stud of the week is wide receiver A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Zach, I know this was uh, your start of the or your stud of the week here, single-handedly made you the championship, so let's hear yours. Yeah, so this is somebody that I've been uh, hot on for a little bit. Uh, Jalen Waddell um, really came up big for me this week. He had uh, 10 receptions for 92 yards and a score good for just over 20 fantasy points. Um, yeah, like you said, this is the reason why you and I are going to be playing each other this weekend in our dynasty. Um, he was good for uh, getting me over that hump, despite Ian Book having negative like five or six points. Uh, Waddle, Waddle definitely saved the day for me. Um, now, interestingly enough, though, uh, looking at their physical profile, Waddle profiles are very similar, similarly to Deontay Johnson, uh, and they also play a very similar style of football. I think if Waddle can stay healthy and stay out of the first couple of rounds next year for redraft season, um, he'll be a great pick to, to keep your eye on. Uh, somebody that I'm definitely excited to have in the Dynasty League and somebody that I'll be targeting um, next year. Um, this is a guy that is about to break Anquan Bolden's uh, reception record for a rookie receiver. Um, granted, he does have that extra game, so keep that in mind. Um, but this is somebody that's going to have over 100 receptions this year, and next year could quite possibly have in that 120, 130 mark for a, uh, for a receiver that you're not spending a a top premier pick on and that that's even better for a for a ppr league obviously so jalen waddle came up huge for me this week and he waddled his way into the championship round <laughs> I, you know i just i literally just thought of this as as you're saying yeah i got him in dynasty relatively cheap you have our previous owner to thank big time how you got him you single-handedly made the championship week because oh. an owner absolutely screwed the pooch during our draft that I like I remember you and I were texting that day and I was I was actually in the bank after work when this guy was on the clock 
And I was freaking out waiting for uh, that, that timer to expire. I was looking like Keanu Reeves in Moneyball outside the bar <laughs> or in uh, in hardball rather yeah. outside the bar, just freaking out. And then as soon as that timer hit zero, I was on the phone with you. I'm like, go make the darn pick, pick. For those of you that don't remember this, or maybe you weren't listening to the podcast yet, but we were in a dynasty league during a rookie draft and we had a manager that, that kind of went MIA and decided he just wanted to bail. And it wasn't necessarily, he wanted to bail, but it was kind of like, well, what were you going to do here? After discussing with him, he ended up saying that, uh, no, I'm not going to be able to do this, but his, his uh, draft clock had expired um, quite early uh, before that conversation. Um, so with consulting of the previous um, commissioner, and, and then I was the commissioner of this season, uh, we decided that we were going to skip his pick. And then once he finally would answer, then we would make a pick for him. Um, so I ended up getting Devonta Smith because of this. And then Zach ended up getting Waddle. So if we would have made the pick, I would have maybe got Waddle instead of Smith, which I am happy with either one of them. Both of them are very budding, talented wide receivers here in the rookie season. But uh, now if I um, now I'm playing Zach in the final because uh, because as the commissioner, I decided to push the picks and Zach got uh, a pretty good wide receiver. Because I'm trying to think who went after him. It would have um, been like Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, which Rashad Bateman, guys. okay, still still a good receiver, very very talented as well. But wouldn't have didn't put up the 22 point whatever. I think he ended up 13 points this past right, week, right. but. Like a clear separated separation there in class. Yeah, there was a pretty big separation. Yeah, so um, you got Zach. If you win, you might have to send him a little e-transfer there. Say thank you very much. The uh, uh, the funny thing, like oh, the interesting thing, I guess though, is this time last year, Devonte Smith was the the draft darling. Uh, you know, quite uh, quite polarizing with his with his size and his BMI, but people forget possibly that uh, Jalen Waddle was that was supposed to be his year last year at Bama I uh, got hurt very early on in the season and that kind of allowed Smith the opportunity to step into the limelight and dominate the target share uh, win the Heisman and then go in the early part of the NFL draft um, it's very interesting I think to think about what would have happened if Waddle had stayed healthy mm-hmm. um you know, maybe they, they swap positions um, and Waddle is the Heisman winner. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe Waddle was the first receiver, second receiver off the board after Chase. Yes. And I think it Chase, Chase, Waddle, and then Smith. And then Smith. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely something interesting to consider. Um, both, I think both are very talented wide receivers, regardless in their own sense. It's just that Waddle maybe has the more sustainable size than Smith. Um, I think that was the biggest conversation was, is he going to be able to maintain reception after reception and, and hit after hit in the NFL of being under side receiver, but just with the separation he creates on his routes, I think we've been proven, proven wrong. So I think he kind of slipped down some draft boards because of the size, but it's something interesting to consider maybe for duration or sustainability throughout your NFL career it might be a, something to talk about definitely in the off season here for sure. Um, Armin, your start of your, sorry, your start of the week. All right, so before I uh, say my stat, I just want to give a shout-out to Devontae Adams, who had a huge game, but uh, we don't really talk about him too much because he, he just does what he's supposed to do every week. He, he's not breaking records like Cooper Cup or uh, Debo Samuel, but he he's the third wide receiver, and he's doing some good out there. And then secondly, 
I benched Waddle just like you benched Brown there, Jordan. Yep. But uh, I was not able to sneak through on into my final because of my Waddle benching. I ended up losing because of the Cowboys defense putting up 33 points. <laughs> yeah, brutal. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my, my stud of the week this week, though, is T. Higgins. He got 38.4 uh, half PPR points on 12 catches, 194 yards, and two uh, house calls. Um, Higgins and Chase are they're a great combo in uh, Cincinnati there and Burrow is just starting to find his groove with with both of these uh, young receivers um, and Higgins will be a great offseason buy in Dynasty if he can uh, or as he will be probably cheaper than the more sexier names that'll be out there including probably Jamar Chase right mm-hmm. um, you're going to find an easier time buying Higgins um, but he'll be able to uh, um, put up fantasy points and he probably just punched a lot of people's tickets to the final this week too with his uh, big big game yeah man did Joe Burrow sustain all three wide receivers too like they all three had a huge game I mean that comes off the back of literally a NFL record 500 and <laughs> was it 520 something 22 I can't remember how many receiving yeah. yards he had but Man, it was so funny. Like after Baltimore obviously beat the wheels off of uh, off of Cincinnati last year, you could tell it was we're out for blood because I think it was two minute warning, and all of a sudden there was a fifty five yard reception to uh, Joe Mixon. <laughs> oh, man. Like just out for blood. I, I loved every second of it. My as that family Christmas with uh, with the in laws and one of the cousins, he's a huge Cincinnati fan, and it was so funny. We're sitting there talking about the the matchup and he's like oh man this is a huge divisional matchup I don't know what's going to happen like we win we we might be able to clinch the division kind of moving forward like it's a huge win and then we're talking about okay well like fantasy options because he's playing fantasy football too and he goes well what do you think I said well shy of Joe Mixon I said that's gonna be a tough matchup because divisional matchup usually it's a little bit of low scoring and both teams that really like to run the ball so there might not be a lot of touches to go around and then completely out of trend since Natty <laughs> decides that no the run game doesn't matter we're gonna air the ball out for 500 plus yards so I was uh it was kind of fun to watch that one that was a fun fun football game even though I had no ties to either of the games uh really I guess from a fantasy perspective all that much but it was just a fun one to watch in general the uh, 525 yards yeah unbelievable the the end of the game handshakes in the NFL between the head coaches are just getting that's almost must-see TV now. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was Mike Vrabel getting uh, getting iced out by uh, Urban Meyer. Um, this week, it was uh, John Harbaugh uh, MFing Zach Taylor <laughs> to the moon for, for all the passing there after securing the game. So these coaches are they're, – they're just as entertaining as the players um, – like Sean McDermott, the coach for the Buffalo Bills, being like, oh, no, Bill Belichick's not a genius. He's just, yeah. a, he's just a grumpy old curmudgeon. We're giving him too much credit. He goes, yeah, well, he passed the ball twice and dunked on you. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so these guys these guys are pretty funny, too. Like, it's, it's fun seeing, seeing their personalities and, and even, seeing, even seeing Belichick's lack of personality. Yeah. A little bit of emotion, hey? Yeah. Emotion. Uh, before we get into the duds here, just a piece of news that came across the board here. We're talking about Travis Kelsey. Uh, just there is news that they're expecting to have him back this uh, today for practice um, off of the COVID uh, issue. So 
if you're a Travis Kelsey owner and you made it through there, you can get a sigh of relief because it looks like you should have him back this uh, this week for a very, very important championship weekend. So uh, my dud of the week is not necessarily a household name, but it was definitely a name we threw around uh, last episode of we were interested to see what he was going to do with the opportunity. And with the Tampa Bay receiving issues, uh, they had they had Antonio Brown come back, but they still need uh, viable options at receiver. Um, Tyler Johnson was a name that we've thrown around quite a bit. And I know a lot of people picked him up and started him because of COVID issues and, and a potential sneaky start. Uh, well, if he was your sneaky start, he, uh, he kicked you right in the side of the head, unfortunately, and probably sunk your team a little bit. Um, I could, if I would have got two receptions from him in one dynasty league, uh, I would have been in the finals. Unfortunately, I, I got zero Tyler Johnson put up a goose egg, zero receptions, zero yards, zero touchdowns on absolutely zero targets. So he was out there for quite a few, uh, quite a few snaps. It was just that uh, I think the drops from the previous week uh, bit him in the butt. And we know Tom Brady, how stubborn he is with, uh, with drop receptions and, and his trust in, in his receivers. But Tyler Johnson put up an absolute goose, which, uh, which would have very, very, uh, if you started him in your, in your matchups, would have significantly hurt, obviously. Uh, goose eggs, never something that's fun to deal with, but especially in a pivotal semifinal matchup. So my doubt of the week is wide receiver Tyler Johnson. Uh, Zach, Keyshawn Vaughn, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn, absolutely dunking on uh, Zach's start of the week, even though his start of the week still had a huge week regardless. But I think all managers, as soon as I saw that Keyshawn Vaughn run, they're like, oh my God, there's no way. There's no way. But I think that was a, a flash in the pan, as they say. But uh, Zach, your start of the week? Uh, yeah, going Not back just to that, Tyler, to that Tyler Johnson yep. uh, take. Yeah, it was, it was very surprising. Um you know, like they really relied heavily on, uh, on, on AB, like they, they had Scotty Miller with one target and, uh, Tyler Johnson with no targets, which I think if you would have asked anybody, they would have said, you know, a few targets for those guys. Yeah. Um, considering the top three options from the previous weeks, Perryman, Evans, and Godwin were all out. So, uh, definitely stung, stung me for sure. And I'm sure it stung other people. Like you said, um, my stud or sorry, my dud for this week was with Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Um, we haven't had the opportunity to say this, uh, much about Taylor this year. Um, he got 27 touches for 108 yards, which for most running backs, that's, that's a pretty good day. Uh, not great, but pretty good. Uh, you'd, you'd be happy with that for most running backs. Um, but you got to consider, uh, this is the first time since week three that he didn't score a touchdown. And coincidentally, it was his lowest score since that week as well. Um, he did manage to put up 10.8 points, but you know, before the weeks prior to this week, he was putting up twenties. He was putting up thirties one week. He put up a 50 even. Um, and he definitely got a lot of uh, teams into the playoffs and into the semifinals on the backs of those weeks. And then to put up a pedestrian 10.8 points, um, I can only imagine that it sunk a lot of teams that were used to getting that extra 20 points from them. So uh, not a bad week, but just the worst possible time for him to put up one of his lesser games. The so most, Jonathan Taylor <laughs> yeah. definitely stung me in a couple. I know that for sure. The most disappointing 100 yard game you could possibly have. Because how many times did they go on the goal line? It's like, all right, 
this is Jonathan Taylor time. And then they do something absolutely ridiculous and then settle for a field goal or, or a turnover or T.Y. Hilton finally decides to get a drag in the back of the end zone. It's just like every single time it's like, how could you be disappointed with a hundred yard game? But <laughs> somehow we find a way when you have the expectation so high and in what was a pretty juicy matchup. Right. Like if this was like Ronald Jones put up a similar stat line, I'm like, Hey, like that's pretty good. I'm happy with, with that, but you're, you're so accustomed to those, you know, RB one on the week numbers from Taylor that yeah. when he puts up a uh, anything less than stellar week, you're, you're hurting. Just thinking of that meme where that uh, I'm trying to, like the Kermit the Frog where it like puts the head around, it's like hundred yards, but you're still upset. <laughs> the little gif, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough to be. I, I had him as well, Zach, in a couple leagues. And unfortunately one, one, it still worked out fine. The other one, like you said, kind of bitch in the butt, but um, hopefully bounce back in this. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit in the next segment here. So we'll see what happens on that one. But before we uh, move on here, we'll hear Armin's dud of the week, and then we'll uh, progress into our, our next segment. All right. My dud of the week is Terry McLaurin. He had 5.5 points, three catches for 40 yards. Um, this wasn't really any fault of his own. Um, it's well documented. He is one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. Um, and this season just shows exactly why QBs are always the MVPs and wide receivers never really win it or running backs or anyone else for that matter. Um, because without a good, uh, good QB throwing the ball to, to Terry, he, he had a pretty disappointing season. Um, and kind of a wasted year in his prime as well. So Washington's got to get somebody to throw him the ball, whether that's Fitzpatrick again next year, trying one more time, or uh, somebody else other than Taylor Heineke. Love the grit of Taylor Heineke, but he, he's not a, he's not going to win you many games with his arms. Yeah, and to speak to those 5.5 points, he had zero points before they made the quarterback switch to, to Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen? Yes, Brandon Allen. Allen. Kyle yeah, before, Allen? Kyle Allen. Sorry, yeah. Before they made the switch, yeah. he had zero points, and then a little bit of garbage time at the end there ended up kind of saving him. So, once again, in the same league where I didn't start AJ Brown, I didn't start Terry McLaurin either. I went with my st- my start of the week last week, like I mentioned. I went with Amandre Saint Brown, which was a sketchy start, seeing as Goff was out, but he still sustained another what sixteen targets or whatever it was, and and the score and another good week. So, but um, like I said, going into championship week, can't trust him. He he's your boomer bust type guy but seeing seeing more and more bust you can't you can't trust him and and you got to have some viable options you can put in there those are tough decisions because he was a third round fourth round draft pick in in most leagues well you got to have the gusto to make that decision to move on because there's better options than than taylor mclaurin you just got to know that if he puts up 20 points i'm willing to have that on my bench because he's just as likely to put up zero because if you look at the trends of his last couple of weeks, it's no longer the 20, 15, 16, 20 type weeks. It's more of the three, six, three, zero, three, whatever it might be. Right. So you, you got to follow the trends and you got to make those tough decisions. Before we go on, what are, do you guys have any, uh, you know, ideas of who you'd like to see behind center in Washington next year? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. See, I, oh. he's, I don't know if they're willing to move on from him yet uh, out of Vegas, uh, but that was one rumor that had been thrown around a little bit. And I was like, oh man, that is interesting. Um, you see what 
Derek Carr can do. He's also a hit and miss quarterback in his own. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he can sustain wide receiver one numbers. Look what he's doing right now with Hunter Renfro. Like Hunter Renfro was on waiver wires for largely 75% in the league, but Hunter Renfro is going to put up potentially a franchise record for receptions in, in Vegas. Right. Um, he's a name that maybe isn't the most sexy name out there for uh, a potential quarterback swing that we're going to see here with the Rogers and the Russell Wilson's and stuff. I just don't think they're in the market to get one of those big names when there's other markets that are making big pushes, but Derek Carr might be a name that can slide under the radar. Um, I even saw some rumors that maybe Tyler Huntley, like those are, those would be some interesting names. Tyler Huntley is a little bit more of a gamble, I think, than Derek Carr, uh, cause Carr can support, uh, some pretty good wide receivers, but I think that would be a sneaky one. Still not the super sexy name. That's going to maybe attract a lot of free agents, but it could help maybe help sustain, um, a very disappointing so far, um, Terry McLaurin season. That would be a, a fantasy whirlwind, um, on Twitter, if if Tyler Huntley got a shot at a legitimate starting job, can you just imagine the excitement and the forever um, of people on Twitter being like, "Oh, this is this is it. This is the new Lamar Jackson. This yep. is the new Kyler Murray. The new Jalen Hurts." Dynasty trays off the chain would yeah, be happening. <laughs> absolutely. Somebody that I would be interested in seeing in Washington would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, He is somebody that I think would be a realistic candidate to get moved. Um, Derek Carr, while I agree, would be, you know, he'd be really good in that Washington offense. I don't know, A, how Washington would go about acquiring him as he's still under contract. And also, I don't know what they would have to give up to get him. And at the same time, what would Vegas's fallback option be to replace Derek Carr? Um, Whereas in San Fran the Niners have that fallback option. They, they pick Trey Lance third overall for a reason. And I think they'd be, they should be, I hope keen on moving on from Garoppolo uh, this off season. And that is a spot prime for a quarterback like that. Um, Somebody that's capable of running an NFL offense and can, you know, get the ball to the playmakers not have to win a game, just, you know, stay out of trouble, manage the game, which, you know, in his time, Garoppolo has shown the, the ability to do just that. Um, obviously, Garoppolo still has those head scratcher plays, but yep. we've seen that's, uh, that's just kind of part of his game, I suppose. That'd be huge for Antonio Gibson shares too, because a mobile quarterback could be a death sentence for for Gibson and, and check downs and his his share, right? But a quarterback that is, as immobile as it gets um, <laughs> would be huge for them for maybe those swing routes or, or even just like, like you said, just a, a game manager, you're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then you're going to air up those couple targets there from McLaurin. I think that would be a pretty good fit because we were so excited about Fitzpatrick, a quarterback that is willing to air it out, but very, very immobile quarterback, uh, but, but loves to throw the ball. Right. And we were excited. And that's why there was a lot of hype around McLaurin this year. Maybe the, the, the buzz would be back. If, uh, if they get a quarterback like Garoppolo. And like you said, I think that's the more realistic and uh, I would be very interested, but I think there still might be a lot of buzz about where Garoppolo could end up because this is a year where there's gonna be a lot of movement and a lot of quarterbacks necessary. And in a draft class where it's not the QB year, right? Like last year, there was a lot of buzz about the draft. This year is gonna be a lot of buzz about free agents or trades, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
like even look at Detroit, like they're probably going to roll again next year with Jared Goff just because there is no options this year. They're not in a position to go and win now. They're, they're futuristic. So they're not going to go after a Jimmy G and, and keep rolling when you have a guy like Goff and you're paying him. And then you have these draft picks for this year and next year. So uh, if, you're, if there's going to be big moves from teams, I think it's going to be uh, be through free agency. So it'd be very interesting to see what, what may happen. I don't hate those names that you guys said. Uh, especially Jimmy G being realistic there and he's shown he can do sustain guys and he can actually win games as well. Here's another name to throw out there. Mitchell Trubitsky. What do you think if he went over there? Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that could happen too. Yeah. That could happen. Blake Bortles. Yeah, there's a oh Blake Bortles. Yeah, no, R.I.P. Blake Bortles. <laughs> How many times has he been activated this year and still hasn't seen a snap? As soon as COVID happens, Blake Bortles gets added to a team, and it's like, okay, never mind, we're back. Blake Bortles, see you later. Yeah, unreal. Um, we're gonna get into our Canadian player profile here uh, for our week number seventeen. But before we do, uh, Christmas has come and gone. We've had some Boxing Day deals. Uh, Limitless Gear is closed for, for the holiday season right now. Cody's getting a much-needed break, but you can still order online for the for the uh, Boxing boxing Day, Boxing Week deals. Um, I know my brother, um, I gave him a 306 Fantasy Football shirt for, um, for Christmas. I got him a nice little gift for him and his family, and then I got him a little shirt. I think he might have been a little bit disappointed it wasn't Limitless Gear, but uh, got the podcast shirt. He was hyping it up. He said it was nice and soft. It's a nice T-shirt, but so now next time I got to get you some Limitless Gear stuff too. And so he was pretty hyped up about that. And uh, so hopefully maybe you got a little bit of Limitless Gear underneath the tree. Uh, I know um, we're big fans of it, and, and more and more people in the community are talking about uh, the how how awesome the gear is, how soft and how comfy it is. Uh, it's awesome to have, and and hopefully you got yourself some for the Christmas season. If you didn't. Take advantage of the, the sales this week on, on Boxing Week deals online at LimitlessGear.ca. Be able to get some, some stuff from them as well, too. So a brand about bettering yourself and believing the possibilities are endless. If you set your mind to it, Limitless Gear, uh, find themselves, obviously, online. And uh, after the holiday season here, you'll be able to find them on Central Ave. So get yourself some Limitless Gear um, and, uh, and support local. This week, on today, have you guys seen the? Uh, sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, no problem. I'm just uh, cruising right now on the Limitless website, uh, looking at their stock. And have you guys seen the uh, Gateway to the North? That hoodie. Uh, yeah, it's that a pre-order limited edition. Got the bridge. Yeah, I try to get my hands have a on it. T-shirt as well. I try to get my hands on it, but it sold out so fast. I'm like, okay, hey, when it comes back, I got to pre-order again. I think you can pre-order now. It's pretty pretty slick yeah i have the i have the limitless hoodie so i might have to jump on the t-shirt bandwagon here but that limitless gateway north logo is pretty prime for those of you that don't know pa has always been called the gateway to the north um so taking advantage of that name and then adding the pa bridge uh it was uh, quite a nifty logo surrounded around the the gear all they need to do now is to put uh 50 cars on the bridge and it's going to be very realistic for may long weekend or uh or you, gotta put, or you gotta put some sort of construction on it too because that's <laughs> that might be even more realistic <laughs> yeah or have all of armin's uh disc golf discs floating down the river floating, floating underneath the bridge <laughs> hey don't uh don't lie zach you have a few in there too oh I have, I, got one. I have none of mine they're all like other people's i'm like oh could i throw that like i haven't <laughs> thrown this disc and then i just rip it I got Straight one under there right. for sure. I can I can't lie. One's <laughs> one's floating down the river right now. <laughs> or at the bottom. Actually, yeah. 
both the discs I put in are somebody else's too. So. Oh man, Should I would I would risk life and or I have risked life and limb getting down there either on the ice or on the riverbank for a ten dollar putter. Yeah, those aren't cheap, man. Get out there and get them before they sink. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Can't, can't swim at all, but I am not sacrificing a fifteen dollar <laughs> piece of plastic. Uh, especially that river, she moves <laughs> quick um okay talking about our canadian player profile this week uh we're gonna do week number 17 last week we looked at uh, brent urban defensive tackle from dallas and our buy and sell was will the washington football team surpass their season average of 365 against the cowboys and uh oh my god um they maybe surpassed negative 365 the way they played <laughs> it was unbelievable uh zach and armin sold i bought uh they ended up getting 273 so in garbage time, they did their best to try and help me out, but we are sitting at nine, eight to five. Um, so this week probably will be our last Canadian blow or possibly should be our last one. Uh, we discussed that if there is a tie between myself and Armin, we'll do one more in week 18, but with this being championship week, it will be our last. If I win, um, if I lose and Armin wins, we'll do a, a tiebreaker here, but unfortunately Zach is, uh, even though we won this last week, he is on the outside looking in, but, Canadian player profile this week for week number 17, we have Carter O'Donnell, offensive tackle from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so O'Donnell was born December 23rd, 1998 uh, in Calgary, Alberta, uh, six foot five, uh, 313 uh, offensive tackle, attended Lindsay Thurber High School in Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, following his high school career, he played U sports for the CIS uh, for the Alberta Golden Bears from 2016 to 2019. Uh, and he was one of two U sport football players that was invited to the 2020 East West Shrine Bowl, which is held in the United States. Uh, following his senior year or his final year, sorry, of CIS football, he was drafted in the third round, 22nd pick overall uh, in the C in the uh, CFL by the Montreal Alouettes, uh, but was not drafted into the NFL, but was signed as a 2020 NFL free agent um, it, with the Indianapolis Colts. Unfortunately, has battled a little bit of injury and has been on the practice squad. Uh, but this season, he is on the practice squad for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Indianapolis Colts now with a potential quarterback switch due to COVID. Uh, we'll see what happens there in that situation. But they are playing against the Las Vegas Raiders defense here in the championship week. So buy or sell, will Jonathan Taylor surpass his season average of 22.0 points against the Raider defense with a potential new quarterback behind center. Um, I will go first as, um, as I am the Jonathan Taylor owner, and I will be playing him in the season finale here in our championship week. Now, looking at uh, teams giving up fantasy points to the running back, I mentioned this last week. Um, that matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders is a juicy one. They are averaging 21.6 fantasy points to the running back. So that is just a tad behind the number we're looking at here at 20. Uh, what did I say it was? Sorry, 22.1 he's going to have to get because of the season average 22.0. Uh, so it is slightly below um, this last week. We Maybe you were disappointed because we talked about the juicy matchup that the Vegas uh, Raiders had uh, against Denver. Denver has a significant run game. Um, with that juicy matchup, unfortunately, it was very disappointing because I think the Drew Locke symptoms <laughs> maybe gave uh, the Vegas uh, defense a little bit of a bump. Um, but I'm going to buy 
because even if they do make the quarterback switch, uh, they're going to have to rely heavily on that run game, but also in the sense that um, the, where the heck am I here? There we go. Um, that the run game is going to get a huge bump with Quinton Nelson coming back and hopefully helping solidify that offensive line. Cause last week they were without four starters and one backup uh, as well due to injuries or COVID or injuries throughout the, the game. I'm hoping that's going to come back in a big way. And I'm hoping that Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to have a bounce back week. So I will buy in support of a big week for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Zach, let's go with you. And then our last one, we'll go with Armin to see what uh, he's going to do to try and win. All right. So this one is interesting. Like you said, um, the Colts are getting back most of their starting offensive line, um, which is certainly going to help the help the run game or just help the, the offense in general. Um, the, the Vegas Raiders, uh, they are 19th in the league. So they are a bottom half defense uh, when it comes to opponent rushing yards per game. But over the last three games are giving up less than 80 rush yards per game, good for fourth in the NFL. And uh, they're very close with the 49ers uh, being separated by... Uh, less than half a yard for the third spot in the NFL. Um, but with that said, though, I do think, like you said, <clears throat> having the possibility of Carson Wentz being out uh, does play into this as well. And even if they do have Carson Wentz in the game, uh, the last couple of games haven't been, uh, you know, heavy, heavy use of the past game. So I will go ahead and I will join you in buying the fact that the, uh, what was it, that Jonathan Taylor will surpass his 22 uh, yards per game. Or sorry, 22 fantasy points per game. 22 <laughs> yards, smash by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Armin, moment of truth, what are you going to do? Well, you know, in order to win and tie you, I need to sell which I never want to bet against Jonathan Taylor at this point in the season. Um, I think this one is a smash. You, you buy it all the time. Um, so I'm, but I am left with no other option but to sell this one. And this is how I am going to sell myself. Um, new quarterback in. They're going to, Las Vegas is going to know that the Colts are going to want to run the ball. So they're going to try and load it up and stop JT. Plus, he is their number one weapon on offense. And then they're going to rely on just making sure they make plays in the passing game and 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 rely on athleticism there and just uh, scheme to stop JT. And then also to go along with that, um, to protect the, the Colts, um, QB, in, in this situation, um, I am, uh, I'm going to say that maybe there's a chance that rather than putting uh, JT out on, on short dunk and dip passes, that they leave him in for protection every, every chance that they can get. And then they uh, put in Hines for, for passing plays to give that little boost to the passing game. Um, so, yeah. That is uh, <laughs> how I'm going to sell myself, but uh, I don't believe it in a second. Yeah, I um, I could even make it a little bit more interesting, but still 22 is still not a easy bar to hit. But with JT, 
he's one of the guys that you probably have the most confidence to probably hit this, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens here in our very last, potentially very last Canadian player profile of the year. Uh, now going into the big stuff, the stuff that's going to help you over the hurdle here. Um, last week, the boys did a pretty damn good job of uh, helping you out. I know, unfortunately, Armin's was derailed by an injury, but uh, Zach started the week, Ronald Jones, 15.1 points, nothing to scoff at his sit. Chuba Hubbard uh, nearly put up a goose egg. So, some good off awesome uh, advice there. Armin's sit of the week, Devonta Freeman had a terrible game other than uh, uh, one touchdown. Um, the yards were definitely not very great, so another good decision there. And then myself, the Monroe St. Brown had a huge week. Jeff Wilson, uh, Armin listened to my advice, picked him up, started him. Definitely was a good decision there. He got an early touchdown, and unfortunately, due to San Francisco decision making, um, <laughs> had a couple goal line opportunities, but uh, they were turnovers from. Garoppolo there but still 13.2 points nothing to scoff at and then the Denver sit was uh, a good decision as nobody surpassed seven points and a total of 15 points between all three of them so the boys uh the boys hit big on our uh, starts and sits this last week so hopefully got you over the hump and now hopefully we're going to win you some championships here so uh we'll start with Armin's full stream ahead here for our week 17 championship all right, uh, my full stream ahead this week is uh, the Flying Hawaiian Tua Tungavaloa. Actually, is he actually from? Yeah, he's from Hawaii, right? I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, Tua is only owned in 56%. Actually, oh, this dropped since I last checked. He's only owned in 42% of sleeper leagues and 41% of Yahoo leagues. So people are even dropping him right now. Um, but uh, he's got a juicy matchup, and uh, he's playing Tennessee, who doesn't have the greatest defense um, and Tennessee, but but has a decent offense even without uh, Derrick Henry there. So hopefully this leads us into a shootout a little bit and Tua can put up some um, good numbers instead of just relying on that Miami defense that they, they have been in as of late. Um, so to a tongue of Iowa versus, uh, Tennessee stream them if you can. After what he did last week, that's a tough one, but, uh, this definitely could be a juicy matchup. I mean, obviously you gotta, you gotta be going arm and the stream of the week's gotta be Trey Lance, but I think his availability <laughs> is definitely not as, not as much as uh two as that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we talked enough about Trey Lance. I had to throw a different name out there. Absolutely. You know, there's uh, at this point of the year, all the all the guys that are worth starting usually are not available. So this is a guy that would actually be worth a start and available um, if you end up with some COVID problems on your on your team or something. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, Zach, you want to start your uh, start of the week here? Let's hear it. All righty. So never have I ever this year been more. Uh, you know, really hoping that this start pays off. I am in this position right now. I am looking at starting Devin Singletary against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, on the season, the Falcons are a bottom 10 rush defense. And over each of the past three games, Singletary has surpassed 12 points in each of them. Um, over the last three games, also the Buffalo Bills are number 10 in the league in rush yards. Granted, a lot of that is Josh Allen, but if this trend continues, 
Um, it is possible that Singletary continues to put up, you know, respectable numbers. Um, I'm not saying start Singletary over your studs. Don't start them over Mixon. Don't start them over Taylor. Um, but if you're if you're somebody that's you know missing James Robinson this week, uh, maybe Henderson has gotten you to the playoffs into the finals, but now he's on the IR. Um, Elijah Mitchell, running back for the 49ers, isn't playing. This is somebody that you could pivot to. If he's whether he's on your roster or if he's a free agent, I don't know. But this is somebody that, you know, in one of my dynasty leagues, I have Henderson on the IR. I have Barkley. Uh, he's been an absolute roller coaster, more, you know, <laughs> more dips than highs this year for Barkley. But uh, I don't know. I, I also have Harris and I have Swift. Um, you know, if Swift's healthy and he looks like he's a go, maybe I start Swift, but otherwise maybe I roll out Singletary as one of my RBs. So really hoping this week I uh, hit the nail on the head and I can uh, put some money on this guy. Yeah, I'm not mad at that one, Zach, especially with that Atlanta defense. Um, Armin, your start of the week? All right. Or I should say starts, I see it looks like here. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote uh, the, the second one in after I heard about the feeling news. Um, KJ Osborne, if you, if you can, why not start him? He, uh, he's he been pretty solid when uh, when Thielen's been out. But uh, my, my start of the week with great pleasure, um, I am announcing my time to say a hot take has kind of come to fruition. And Rashad Penny is fantasy relevant again <laughs> i if you if you got him um as you're in your flex spot i would say it's a good spot to start him um he's got a good matchup against detroit this week and you look at his past three games um it was against houston the rams and chicago um even when they've been in uh in um neutral game script here they're the Seahawks like to run the ball, right? So um, it's only when they're down that they're really passing a ton and not really running as much. And that was against the Rams where he only put up 5.4 fantasy points. And that's a good defense there, right? Like the Rams is one of the better defenses in the league. So um, you put him against Houston and Chicago though. Houston, we all know, isn't great, but Chicago isn't uh, an awful team on defense, but they were in a neutral game script. And Penny has been putting up um, great efficiency. He put up 8.56 yards per carry against Houston and 7.94 yards per carry against Chicago. Um, he's shown the ability to break off big runs, but also the ability to uh, make guys miss. Um, he, he's getting hit a lot and he's getting contact a lot at the line of scrimmage or around the line of scrimmage and he's still getting positive yardage. Um, and his big runs, he, he's been breaking tackles on those as well. So he's looking healthy finally and looking like he, he could finally be what everyone thought he could be from the beginning. So, yeah, Rashad Penny, let's start him. You've wanted this one forever. You've wanted this one forever, Armin. And we laughed at you, but a lot had to happen to get here. But, yeah, he's going to smash against Detroit. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be awful. But, yeah, it's uh it's coming to fruition for you that's for sure 
Yeah, and I uh, I almost in uh, in that league where I had Bastardi and Book, Penny almost brought me to the final, and oh, just so sad about Ian Book. That <laughs> league negative sixteen points out of a QB man, like holy, those rules are a little funky, but yeah, it's man, crazy. That, it's got to be some sort of record. Fun league. Uh, I'm I'm like Armin too. I'm gonna put my my start of the week, but I'm also gonna put a secondary one. Uh, my first one is gonna be Javante Williams. Uh, he is running back from the Denver Broncos this past week. If he did not get that touchdown, he sunk your ship. But once again, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to be starting him in my fantasy championship, uh, splitting time with Melvin Gordon, who got uh, 0.5 points in many formats uh, for actually a negative total yardage. But with receptions there, he ended up getting a little over zero points. Um, we saw what happens against the Los Angeles Chargers defense. Uh, Rex Burkhead, if you had the gusto to play him last week, absolutely smashed in this matchup. The Los Angeles Chargers in their funnel defense uh, don't give up big plays over top, but they definitely give up a lot of points to the running back position. Uh, so Javante Williams looked like he actually may take over. Uh, even if in a, and this is a, a shared backfield still with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams is a very, very talented. We talked about him pl- plenty of times. Uh, so far on the podcast, he is a very talented running back and taking advantage of his opportunities. So in this matchup, I'm going to be smashing Javante Williams against the Chargers, even in a in a shared backfield uh, with Melvin Gordon. And my secondary one uh, is against the New York Jets. I'm going to be starting Antonio Brown. Um, I questioned whether I wanted to start him this last week and decided to start him. And, and what a good decision that was, putting up 15.8 fantasy points in, in most formats. Antonio Brown had a very, very big game and still, once again, is going to be the lone man. I don't expect uh, any of their options to be returning this uh, upcoming week against the Jets. And this Jets team is, uh, they, they give up a lot of points to running backs. They give a lot of points to quarterbacks and they give up a lot of points to receivers. Now, the only, only thing that's going to be questionable with Antonio Brown is he's going to have to put up points early because I do expect uh, Tampa Bay to absolutely smash the Jets. So we might be looking at a situation with like Dak Prescott where they absolutely dunked on Washington football team. You did not see their starters getting a lot of touches in the second half, let alone even on the field in the second half. Um, so you, if you start Antonio Brown, you're going to have to hope that he gets the points early and often as he may not even be on the field in the second half. So it is a start with a asterisk because it is a bit sketchy. But once again, these are two guys that I will be putting in my starting lineups. So I'm giving you the confidence so that you can be able to play both of them. One a little bit more confident rather than the other. But uh, now going into sits of the week, we will see what Zach has to say. All right. This one might be a little bit surprising considering that Sony Michelle has led the league in rush yards over the course of the month of December. Um, this is somebody that if you pulled him off the waiver wires in late November, early December, you were late, likely seeing um, some success in your leagues. Um, this has been somebody that, you know, it's a term that we throw around quite a bit, but has been potentially or will be potentially a league winner for a lot of people. Um, but I am considering sitting him this week, um, even though taking into consideration Henderson is on the IR. There is that chance that the Rams will look to ease acres back into the fold a little bit ahead of the playoffs. Now I don't suspect that acres will take the job from Michelle this weekend for sure. 
Um, but there is that chance that he might lose some touches. Um, now looking at the Baltimore side of things, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are the number one rush defense in the NFL. So even if it is the Sony Michelle show, there is a chance that he will be uh, hamstrung against the best rush defense in the league. And also taking into consideration that the Baltimore Ravens pass defense is one of the worst in the league. And we all know that the, uh, that the Rams rather love to pass the ball. This could just be a situation where um, they attack the team's or the opponent's weakness and pass the ball, and they try to avoid the other team's strength with the run defense. So if you have the opportunity to start somebody else, I would strongly consider sitting Sony Michelle, even though he has been one of the hottest backs in the NFL over the last three or four weeks. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough decision you're going to have to make. We talked about Akers a little bit before the episode. I guess it all truly depends on how much you think he's going to eat into the touches as well, even though it isn't a great matchup like you had mentioned. That's a, that's a tough decision because Sony's carried a lot of teams to this point, but this is these are decisions that you have to make to be able to win championships, right? And when, and you you make your decision on what you think, and, and if you believe believe the, the statistics and the analytics that Zach is throwing at you, then, then you need to jump on that train. You need to find a viable option because – you might be sketched out by Cam Akers, and I imagine there's a lot of people in the same boats as what you're saying, Zach. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens' uh, rush defense is quite tight. They number one on the year, and over the last three games, they're still in the top five, and that pass defense is so poor that I just don't know how they don't take advantage of that bounce back week for Matt Stafford, hopefully, because my, oh my, was he bad last week. And he was the first to say it. It was, it was gross. Um, let's hear uh, Armin, your set of the week. All right. Um, this one pains me to say, cause he was a bit of a darling earlier in the season, but um, last week I teased at it a little bit saying that we should be watching him closely. And now I am officially on the thought process of benching um, Cordell Patterson. I know he might have got a lot of people into great positions in their standing, but uh, he definitely hasn't helped during the fantasy playoffs here. And it's not a great matchup for him against Buffalo either, um, especially the way that uh, the Falcons have been using him more as a back and less as a receiver. As of late, um, they're probably going to be in a negative game script against Buffalo and going to be passing the ball a little bit more. So, um, they they really got to stop using him as a traditional running back because that's not him. He's that gadget guy. He's that do-it-everything Swiss Army knife guy. And I said it last week, and I'm saying it again because, man, oh, man, they're using him the wrong way, and they he was getting great, uh, great production out of him at the beginning of the year. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they, they decided to fix something that wasn't broke with Patterson. Um, so, yeah, that is my sit of the week. Yeah, that's a, a head scratcher a little bit. I think they're trying to find out what they got in Mike Davis. I think they know, unfortunately, wasn't the, the year they expected. <laughs> but Patterson, since he came off that injury, just hasn't been getting the utilization that um, that he had been pre- previously, right? So it's been it's been interesting to watch. Uh, my, my sit of the week here is maybe a difficult one because you're, you're gauging um, whether the – quarterback situation is going to be resolved or not, but I'm sitting um, Michael Pittman 
That is wide receiver, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., sorry, wide receiver uh, for the Indianapolis Colts as they play the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, even if um, even if the quarterback situation is resolved and we're going to see Carson Wentz behind center, uh, this is still a tough start because uh, we talked about a little bit about JT, so I'm not going to go too much into that, but it is an interesting start for Jonathan Taylor and how much they want to run the ball. But uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have given up the third least amount of points to the wide receivers in the NFL for fantasy points, averaging 17.6 fantasy points to wide receiver options. Now, Michael Pittman is the lone man in town. I know T.Y. Hilton has flashes in the pan. Pascal is on the IR for COVID. He might be back now with the new rules. So it might be a sketchy start to begin with because of how decent the Vegas Raiders have been against fantasy wide receivers and because how much this team revolves around Jonathan Taylor. Now, in a huge pivotal matchup for Indianapolis, a win now, they are going to want to put the eggs in the basket of what they trust. And I don't think they trust Carson Wentz, even if he is a starter. Obviously, if he isn't the starter, Michael Pittman's going to be hands-off and it's going to be run first. But they have a chance to win the division. Even if they don't win the division, they have a serious chance at the wild card. Uh, so they need to win. So they're going to have to rely on the dogs that got them there. So uh, Michael Pittman is going to be a sketchy start at best. So I will be sitting him. Um, um, I'm going to be sitting him here. Um, so hopefully, um, hopefully our starts and sits here are, are as bang on as they were last week for you guys. Uh, if you're in the championship, these might be some big moves that you need to make to be able to uh, win your league and hopefully win some money. Uh, or even win your first round extra pick, depending on what your dynasty leagues look like, et cetera, et cetera. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get you over the hump and, and win you some money. But talking about winning money, we're, uh, we're looking at Zach's upset of the week here, who is above 500 still and uh, had another big W. I know Detroit did not win that matchup, but they did cover the spread. Um, so Zach's record at eight and seven here, looking pretty darn good, heading into uh, week number 17. So Zach's uh, chance to win you guys a little bit more money. Let's uh, let's see what he's got for you guys for our week 17 Zach's upset of the week. So um, like you said, with the, with the lions pick, they didn't win, but the points were in my favor. And that is more or less what I'm aiming at here with this week's pick. Um, when I was prepping for today's episode, uh, I didn't see any upsets that stood out to me. So I decided to look at teams that I don't think will end up uh, covering the point spread. And I landed on the Houston Texans versus the 49ers. Um, currently, the uh, Texans are 13 and a half point underdogs. Um, as I've said before, beating an NFL team by more than two touchdowns isn't a given, no matter how bad the other team is. And that is kind of what I'm hoping will be the case this week. Um, so do I think the 49ers will beat the Texans? Absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Um, but do I think the 49ers will beat the Texans by more than 14 points uh, with a rookie quarterback getting a second NFL start? Not so much. Now, a lot of this depends on Garoppolo not playing and Trey Lance starting. If Garoppolo is... Um, behind center all bets are off here <laughs> and uh please don't come at me when this goes terribly wrong um, if grapple starts you're saying houston's gonna win or what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. touche yeah. um lance hasn't taken the field um or rather lance hasn't thrown a pass since week five 
Um, I'm interested in seeing how much of the regular 49ers offense Lance is able to run compared to his start uh, back in week five against the 49ers. Um, like we talked about earlier, is it going to be a heavy run game where they rely on the read option and they let Lance uh, have designed QB runs and then he scrambles for extra yards as a passer? Or is it going to be a situation where they run the offense as much as possible and, and spread the ball out kind of like they did in week five where Lance had 29 pass attempts. Um, so I'm quite interested in, in seeing how this goes. Uh, I would, you know, maybe as a hunch, um, think that Lance might rush the ball fewer times perhaps than earlier on in the season where he was just relying on his athleticism maybe not fully knowing the offense, not having as many reps, but over the last several months, he's maybe gotten more comfortable in his role as an NFL quarterback, gotten more comfortable with the offense just through practice and reps at practice. And now maybe he's more capable of running the, the offense that Garoppolo did. And uh, for both of my dynasty championships, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that Kittle is able to see, um, you know, a dozen targets and a couple tutties and, you know, Samuel touches the ball 25 times and scores a few times for me as well. So, um, hoping that, uh, daddy, uh, long neck there, Davis Mills is able to keep <laughs> this game close and hopefully everything comes out roses for me. I tried covering Zach on our fantasy bid because I knew he's going to try going after quarterback to fill in if Lamar is not available. So unfortunately I had $1 to bid on Davis Mills and Zach <laughs> covered that $1 for sure. But uh, we're going to see man. It's, it's coming out on the wire. Now that we're done our podcast for the week, Zach can suck on it and we're no longer friends for the next <laughs> six and a half days <laughs> until his fantasy playoffs are in the bag. But um, we are on a little bit long today, which whatever it's our uh, last one of the year. Uh, until we start getting into our fantasy playoffs, like or not fantasy playoffs, or NFL playoffs, and we start getting into um, not only our NFL playoffs, but also a little bit of our off-season takes and fun stuff as well too. So if you uh, if you're in the finals and this is your championship week, we got our fingers crossed for you, just the same as Zach and I have our fingers crossed right now in our in our matchup. So um, with New Year's Eve around the corner, celebrate, have fun, everybody. But to remember, be smart, be safe, plan your safe ride home. Um, maybe you, you celebrate, uh, with the fantasy playoffs around the same weekend. I know we got Saturday is the, um, is the first for 2022. So you'll, you'll be able to celebrate and hopefully maybe we'll celebrate on the Sunday, the second as well with some fantasy playoff victories as well too. So be smart, be safe, enjoy the, enjoy the day, but uh, remember to get your, get yourself home safely and be smart during, uh, during your celebrations. Um, good luck to our two finalists in our 306 fantasy football um, finale here. We got Connor Fox and we also have Tyler Rock. And also just a heads up, we have our bracket challenge coming up within about uh, two weeks time here. So it's another chance for you to get in some signed memorabilia and also supporting a good cause with charity with our fantasy football podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And I uh, guess with, uh, without further ado, good luck. No Thursday night football, so it's all on Sunday and Monday. So it's going to be a couple of days here before we can see some football. But good luck. Uh, hopefully we uh, we hear about your guys' championships. And if you listen to the podcast and you win some championships, 
send us a, send us a DM on some socials and we'll, we'll be able to profile you guys on our, on our social media and where we'll be pumped to hear about you guys taking home some 306 victories. So good luck, you guys uh, take care and uh, enjoy your, enjoy your championships. Mm-hmm.